and welcome everybody to the second episode of Out of My Mind Box, a podcast about intuitive eating and musings on mental health. Today we will be talking about the second principle of intuitive eating, which is honor your hunger. We gave a little bit of background on what intuitive eating is in our first episode, so if you missed that, go back and have a listen before you continue here. With me today, I've got our guest, certified life coach, intuitive eating counselor, and mindful eating coach, Xenia Ayotis, and she is going to be helping me discuss this principle of honoring your hunger today. Xenia, welcome, and what have you got to say on the matter? <laughs> Hi, Anka. Good to be here again. And thank you so much for inviting me. Hunger. Yes. Well, yeah, last week we spoke about rejecting diet mentality. And part of rejecting it is getting to know hunger. Because, you know, when you are on and off diets, you know, hunger is celebrated. It's like it's good to be hungry. And so part of this is really getting to know hunger. I'm, I'm going to use an example of my experience when I came to intuitive eating. I didn't know what hunger felt like. I knew starving and I knew stuffed. Because, you know, repeatedly going, being on and off a diet, um, you know, I was always very, very hungry. Or what's kind of, just before I stopped dieting for good, I didn't know what hunger was because I just kept eating all the time. It was just grazing through the day. And it was like such a novel concept for me to get to know what hunger feels like. So this is the first step. It's like really connecting with your body. And it's all about coming into your body. And one of the problems of restricting food and dieting is that we lose connection with our bodies. So this mm. principle can take time. Uh, some people can take more than a month just to connect to what hunger feels like in their bodies. How was your experience with discovering hunger? Well, I also uh, started dieting when I was about 10 years old. I went to my first dietitian and got an eating plan to follow. And back in the day, I don't really remember ever feeling hungry, but I do remember wanting to eat, even though I wasn't hungry, um, and then also being uncomfortably full. So when I needed to start actually listening to my hunger cues and, and signs, um, the, the only thing I could really discern was, as you say, starving hunger, where it's already like you've waited a little bit too long and it's almost uncomfortable to eat at that point. Um, and then as, as you mentioned as well, the overstuffedness after a binge was, mm. was the other alternative. It's almost yeah. like there, there wasn't a, a middle way or, or mm. a moderate uh, option at that stage. And slowly but surely that I also needed to learn the difference between just eat until you're not hungry anymore and, or eat until you're actually satisfied. Yes. Because that was yes. also quite yeah. a difference. Yeah. I, if I can um, just lay out the principle as, as Evelyn Trevol says it in her blog, is to keep your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. Otherwise, you can trigger a primal drive to overeat. 
Once you're over hungry, all intentions of conscious eating go out the window and learning to honor this first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust with yourself and food. Mm. And I think that that trust is really the key here. Is, yes. um, you're, not, you're not just honoring your hun hunger, you're trusting your hunger. Yeah. So if you think about what dieting and restriction and rules do with your relationship with food and your body, is that it breaks down the trust between your body and you. So it's like you can't trust your body. You've just got to follow these rules and you can only eat what the diet says, this amount, that amount. This, in this approach, it's about reconnecting to your body because your body knows what to eat, how much to eat, and when to eat. Mm -hmm. And it's about learning to trust our bodies. So also approaching, yes, sorry. No, no, you go. Um, it's also just approaching your hunger with a curiosity, non-judgmentally. Yes. As you said, it's an ongoing practice. You don't usually get it in one day, especially after being so immersed right. in diet culture. Yeah. So it is, it's all about curiosity and non-judgment. Um, I would say those two words are crucial in this approach. Because, you know, if you are judging your food, if you are judging your hunger, if you are judging your food choices, it's not going to help heal your relationship with food. And number one is judging your body as well. Because the minute you're judging your body and thinking, oh, I'm too big, I need to eat less, that's also, that's going to be a disruptor. But if we come back to hunger, it's this trust. So our bodies are like these wild horses that have been injured. And so it's almost like we are learning to befriend them, befriend and trust our body signals. And how you develop this trust and connection with your body is created when you honor your hunger. So for people who've experienced trauma or dieting trauma or any difficulty or even a lot of pain, maybe an accident, it's, it's very difficult to connect to your body. You almost don't want to go to your body because you know, if you've experienced a lot of pain. So one way to reconnect with your body is just to notice your heartbeat, to simply notice, mm -hmm. am I cold? Am I hot? Am I tired? Am I energized? How does my body feel? And taking moments in the day to reconnect to your body and just go, how do I feel right now? Am I hungry? Am I not hungry? Don't I know? if I'm hungry and allowing there to be room for the, I don't know, am I hungry or am I not hungry? And letting go of the need to get it right. Because mm -hmm. most, a lot of the time people, oh, I don't know if I'm getting it. It's okay. It's, a, it's an experiment. It takes time, you know, to, to find yeah. the nuances of hunger. You know starving, you know stuffed. And now yeah. let's discover kind of the nuances and where you experience hunger because everybody experiences hunger in different ways. Definitely. The, the physical sensations can be in your body that you're conscious of, like maybe gnawing in your stomach or lightheadedness. But then if you look at some other aspects, like you mentioned in your behavior as well, your mood or your ability to focus and your overall energy, you can use all of those as guides to telling you how you're feeling and whether you might actually be hungry. 
um, because it might just be irritation that comes up, but in fact, it's hunger that's behind exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's quite nuanced, actually, because you're thinking, am I hungry or am I irritable? So that's where it's useful to look back and see, well, when did I last eat and what did I last eat? So typically, most people experience hunger in their bellies, you know, like mm -hmm. an emptiness, then it starts with like a, a kind of a light whisper and it moves on to a rumble and then a growl and then you're like ravenous and then you get to a point where sometimes you can, you bypass it, then it goes. Yeah, yeah. And then it, mm. Yes, and then it comes back with this lethargy, tiredness, irritability, lightheadedness. Some people experience hunger in their throat, like this kind mm. of dull ache um, in their throat. But also when we're looking at hunger, you've got to look at hunger disruptors as well. The things that are going to kind of get in your way of feeling hungry. And that's like, do you drink a lot of coffee or tea? Mm -hmm. mm. Or smoke or cigarettes. Smoking, exactly. Um, how's your sleep? If mm. you're not sleeping... Oh, that makes me hungry. That makes yeah. me very hungry when I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> I just keep looking for the energy in the food, basically. <laughs> yes. So tiredness, I would say, is one of the biggest triggers for people. I think, I think a good tool that we could give for before your next meal or snack, try and connect with your body and ask yourself about the overall qualitative experience of your hunger. Is, does it feel pleasant, unpleasant, neutral? If it's unpleasant, how could you change your eating pattern next time around to make it feel more pleasant? That sort of thing. I think just that's that's the first step is the, the next time just before you eat is to check in with yourself. And there's yeah. no, as you say, there's no right or wrong that you can feel or think in that moment. It's just about what is on your mind. Well, yeah, it's this curiosity. You know, I use um, a tool um, developed by a mindful eating uh, coach. She wrote a book called, um, her name's Lynn Rossi. And she mm -hmm. developed the basics of mindful eating, but it can be the basics of intuitive eating. So the B stands for take a breath, check in with your body. The A stands for assess your hunger. Mm -hmm. That's where, you know, how am I feeling in my body? How hungry am I? Um, eat with awareness and attention and keep checking in, you know, checking in with how your belly's feeling, bring your attention to your mouth, to your stomach to see how full are you getting? Has your hunger been relieved? I've also got this hunger scale that I use. I'm going to share, share it. Um, I use with clients. And so what I've done is create like um, the fuel gauge of the tank of your car. So if you look at this hunger scale, you'll see that at the two extremes, you want to avoid that kind of painful hunger and that painful fullness simply because it's uncomfortable in your body, mm -hmm. not for any other reason. Um, yeah. And then you get to decide where you want to eat. Do you want to eat when you're very hungry? What happens when you eat when you're very hungry? Do you eat fast? Is there like a bit of panic? Maybe you would be better served to eat when you are simply hungry or somewhere between hunger and very hungry. Mm -hmm. Some people eat between neutral and slightly hungry. And in those cases, um, you know, I always say, well, practice eating maybe at slightly hungry rather than very, at neutral. 
there is a sweet spot, isn't there? Cause, yes. Because I know, I know that you know that time when when everything's just so perfectly timed, and the takeaways arrive just as your hunger reaches that yes. point of, I am now hungry. <laughs> yeah. And like getting curious and experimenting. What is it like when you eat and you are starving and ravenous? How is the meal for you? How do you feel afterwards? What is it like when you eat at that sweet point of hunger where you can feel the hunger's developed, you've got this appetite, and then you sit down and eat? How does that change the meal for you? Mm -hmm. How is it when you eat and you're not hungry or when you're kind of just neutral? So just experimenting with this. This is all very experiential and experimental. And then, well, we'll talk about fullness in, the, in one of the next episodes, but also just to see, you know, what's it like when you're neutral? You know, most people wake up feeling neutral. Um, yeah. You know, some people wake up when they're hungry, but I would say the majority of my clients wake up not really feeling very hungry. And they're noticing, mm. what does it feel like when your hunger's been relieved, when you're no longer hungry, but you're not quite satisfied yet? Mm -hmm. and it's all just about awareness and, um, and noticing how that feels in your body and also noticing the different types of foods and how different types of foods um, affect, you know, your hunger relief. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you're having soup, for example, it's liquid, it's volume. So um, it's going to fill you up. But there might still be like a hunger component there. Mm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that also affects and will disrupt your kind of hunger signals is distracted eating. Mm -hmm. So if you're eating in front of your computer, if you're not paying attention, if you're multitasking and eating, or if you've let yourself get too hungry and while you cook, you're busy snacking and tasting, you know, by the time you sit down to eat, you're probably not going to be, you know, that I, I always, I always do that with pancakes. I've always got to eat the first one or two flops. <laughs> and then by the time the pancakes are ready for everybody, I'm like kind of full already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and alcohol. Alcohol mm. is quite a big, I mean, and you know, I'm saying this non-judgmentally, but it really does it is going to increase your appetite. It is going to, it is going to disrupt your hunger, your hunger signals. Um, but I think initially one needs to kind of come into the belly, come into the body, reconnect with it. Notice what am I feeling? I think a really good exercise is a basic body scan meditation. Yes. Um, yes. There's, there's a lot of apps and things that are available. Or even if you go on YouTube, you can find a basic body scan meditation. Yeah. Um, that I've found very, very instrumental in helping me get in touch with my body and be more aware yeah. of what's going mm -hmm. on. That's what I like about the mindful eating program is that, and there's a lot of overlaps between mindful eating and intuitive eating, but in the mindful eating program, there's a lot of um, meditation, um, and practices where you, you know, connect with your hunger, you rate your hunger, you connect with your body, you, you do the body scan. And, mm. you know, the body scan isn't necessarily for everybody, you know, especially if you've experienced 
trauma, it sometimes it's very difficult to do a body scan, in which case I would, okay. you know, the recommend that you do a really short one or you do like a, a, a very short a belly, belly scan, like <laughs> a belly scan or where you simply just notice sensations. Am I cold? Am I hot? Am I tired? You know, what we said earlier, what am I feeling in my belly? What's going on in my throat? What, what are my energy levels? And you know, some days, hunger isn't an exact sign. Some days you're gonna be hungrier than other days. If you haven't slept, or if you did a lot of exercise, or you ate less the day before, two days before, chances are you're not, you're gonna be hungrier because I, I hear a lot of people that I'm just hungry all the time, or I was hungrier this day than the other day. That's normal. We're not going to have that same level of hunger every day. Mm. And, and the, the beauty is once you start honoring your hunger and actually getting in touch with, with what, what you feel hungry for as well, um, it can really open up your, your eating world to, I mean, yes. actually br bringing in the good fresh fruits and veggies that we know are good for us and um, often don't make their way into our diets on a regular basis. But like, I mean, I've, I've recently had cravings for avos and tomatoes, and there's surely something in my physiology that's telling me I need something that's in that food, because why else would I yeah. have a craving mm. for it? Yeah, mm. uh, that's kind of that cellular hunger. Your cells mm. are asking for this particular food. Uh, another important thing here is to, you know, I see a lot of clients who come to me with binge eating issues, but actually the reason, one of the main reasons for binge eating is that you don't feed yourself competently and that you're not honoring your hunger and you're wanting to push through and push through. And if that primal hunger sets in, that is such a big trigger uh, mm. for binge eating. Um, and then also another thing around hunger is to like check in and say, okay, I'm hungry now. Am I meal hungry or am I snack hungry? Because mm -hmm. if you are meal hungry and you want like a square meal, a plate of food, and all you're giving yourself is like a few nuts and some snacks and that, it's not going to do it for you. And chances are you're going to land up overeating and feeling uncomfortable. So really recognizing yeah. that. And this is an old one from the, the diet mentality that we still need to reject. But are you maybe thirsty? Not because you should draw the drink of water before you eat so that you're fuller. But is it possible that that pang is thirst instead of hunger? You know, give, mm. give yourself what, what you feel you need at that time. Yeah. Um, and then tuning in and saying, well, what am I hungry for? Do I want something hot? Do I want something cold? And also, you know, it's when you're coming out of a, a history of dieting and diet mentality, it's everything's kind of all or nothing. There are no shades of gray. Like I often say to my clients and they say, oh, but I was craving chips and I had the salad and I was so happy with the salad or the soup, but I was craving chips. And I said, well, why don't you just put some chips on a side plate and have them? like mm, mm. oh i can do that now that. <laughs> <laughs> i mean for me when i'm eating soup and salad i need a crunch but it took years of working with this to figure out that what made a meal satisfying for me was a crunch and so having a crunch with the soup having something crunchy 
with a salad. So all foods fit. Things can all coexist together. And another thing that uh, just came to mind for me is I found that with this principle or this step of, of intuitive eating um, quite challenging in the fact that I was now being true to my hunger and eating when I wanted to and what I wanted to and how much, but still there could be, whether it's in your friendship circle or your very close loved ones that have opinions about how one should or shouldn't eat and they're not necessarily on the same page as you. Um, what I yeah. found was mm. extremely important for me was to set the boundary of I'm a grown-up and I can do what I want in terms of food yes. in my body, regardless exactly. of what you think or say. And I had to completely let go of, of caring about what, in this case, he thought there. And um, that's, that helped me uh, stick to the principles and be true to myself instead of just like sometimes what would happen is I would I would eat the food that I'm allowing myself but in secret so that he wouldn't see so that you know yeah. there won't be criticism yeah. and that yes. becomes totally twisted <laughs> absolutely and that is a challenge many people um, have with intuitive eating the other thing is you know how to explain to people what intuitive eating is and what you're doing and that uh, you haven't just given up that you, you're actually uh, on a path to healing yourself and yes. you're not just just gonna yeah uh, yeah no there's lots of lots of impressions people have about about intuitive eating and yeah people um, do it. you know yeah. as a mindful eating coach often you know if i'm out at lunch or whatever people will say oh we're not eating very mindfully now you know because they're eating i don't know biscuits cake or whatever and, um people associate the term intuitive mindful eating as eating righteously and mm. you know you know depending on your energy levels you know i might explain and say well mindful eating isn't that you know it really is blah 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 but most of the time you know just let it go because um but the, uh, what i wanted to share about um what you said about you know being on this journey of making peace with food and having everybody else's comments and people i remember when i started my intuitive eating journey and you know just suddenly eating cheese and enjoying all different types of it my mother would come past and she'd go is this allowed on your diet and i said say to her but you know mom i'm not on a diet anymore but really you know can you know cheese oh that's so frustrating oh yes absolutely yeah and you and you cannot convert everyone at least not in a day <laughs> no you know what there's People have to be ready. You know, you, you've got to be ready to do this. And it's quite, you know, if there are listeners who've tried it and given up on intuitive eating, don't give up. Keep coming back to it because sometimes, you know, I can't tell you how many of my, of, of my clients and people that I've coached have started with me, then left and then went back to Weight Watchers or went back on a diet, then came back to me. And, you know, mm. it, it's all about about your readiness but in terms of honoring your hunger the one thing that I have seen is that when we start to listen to our bodies and when we start to honor our hunger we start honoring other things about our needs and wants 
Mm, it definitely it spills over into your mm. whole life yes. and later on we'll get into the principle of exercising as well which is a really really uh, touchy but awesome one for me that i'm looking forward to tackling yes um, because because i'm looking how how to incorporate movement into my life intuitively without the goal being weight loss mm-hmm. and uh, that hasn't quite uh, materialized for me yet but i'm uh-huh. on the road I look forward to talking to you about that then. (laughs) Cool. Well, there you heard it, listeners. The intuitive eating program is always there for you, whether you have veered away from it or not. (laughs) You can always come back and have a cyclical approach in getting into it and, and getting a better relationship with food. Thank you so much for joining me today. I would like to uh, welcome you all to go and look at all our previous episodes if you haven't and also listen listen out for our next episode which is going to be on the third principle of intuitive thinking.